0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the underdog sports podcast network joined by your hosts myself alex fishbein and we got dennis clausen what's going on man hi for all the for those of you who don't know the birthday boy dennis clausen and mike's birthday two days th- well now three days prior
1: that's right so
0: all of you have to go say happy birthday tyler is here we got Tyler. What's are you going sure on, you man? See this?
1: Tyler here. Hey, Tyler. how are you?
0: Tyler's here. He likes the lay GM thing, the good old, the good old uh, LeBron memes.
1: <laughs> I I don't feel any different though. Like I still feel, I, I'm one year away now from forty, and mm. I will add that I look pretty fucking good still. And I mean I see you nodding your head, you know, you know. Um I'm I'm a little gray. Getting a little gray. My hair is the best it's ever been in my entire life.
0: Um okay. I don't have
1: any wrinkles, so I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. I'm Mike's ten years younger than me and I'm still by far way better looking than he is. Oh. Easily. By far. Easily. <laughs>
0: I mean, if people don't see that, they're blind.
1: Yeah, well, they, they, even a blind person could see it.
0: True. That's true. They could do the whole feel your face thing.
1: Right. <laughs> so, but then the feeling of the face turns into other things. You know what I mean? I mean. I've I mean, had girls try that right. on me who said they were blind, and then they later revealed that they weren't really blind. They, were, they just wanted to rub their hands all over They wanted a piece of big sexy
0: Is that how you met your wife?
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't know how the hell I <laughs> managed to, to rope her into marrying my stupid ass But I tell her all the time, it's the smartest thing I've ever fucking done
0: <laughs> Hey, I'm right there with you That's what I've been saying about proposing to Deanna so. Yeah <laughs> so we We've been able to trick some people um, that being said,
1: everybody's like the people who are like, what is this, The Bachelor? Where are we go? <laughs> what are we going to the, uh, the, the Paradise Room or whatever they call it on the show? Mike would, you know, um, something, that would be something Mike would know. I was about to say,
0: I have never watched it, so I have no clue.
1: Mike would <laughs> definitely know this. So if, it, if you need to know about Kardashians or anything like that, Mike will tell you.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Mike probably, you know, watches that uh, what or reads what's that People Weekly or whatever that magazine is.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Mike's a little, you know, (laughs) a little questionable. Just yeah.
0: (laughs) But let's get into some basketball. So.
1: Oh, that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. Um. We'll get into this whole LeBron playing GM thing in a little bit because the first thing I want to bring up is actually the Lakers (laughs) and this whole coaching search they have going on here. Because I don't know if you can even call it a coaching search with all the things that have been reported and what's been going on. And I, I don't know if they're trying to get better or worse because... Some of the coaches on there, I'm just confused why they're even candidates. Now, Darvin Ham being one of them, I think he does deserve a head coaching chance. It's crazy. It's, it's actually surprising to me that the Lakers are actually looking at first-time head coaches because I really thought they would just go for one veteran coach and go for it. Um, but Darvin Ham is one of them. Terry Stotts is another coach that they're looking at. Uh, there's also Doc Rivers that somehow they're really trying to pursue and I guess trade for if they can, if they, if the Sixers would do that. I, I mean, I think it was Kevin Garnett that said he has no idea what the Lakers are doing with the with the head coaching search because it sounds like they're trying to get worse.
1: I don't think it's a head coaching search at this point. I think it's a head coaching plea because (laughs) from what it sounds like, there's not a lot of people who are like eager for the job. And I know we were going to get into lead GM later on, but it kind of ties into it. So, I mean, when you you deal with – when you're going to coach a team with LeBron James on it, you know – you're, you know that you're not the only, like, you're going to have some competition for calling plays, for a voice, blah, blah, blah. They don't have, the Lakers don't have any money. They have Anthony Davis, who's a train wreck. He gets hurt constantly. Russell Westbrook has one foot out the door right now. LeBron is as 30. Yeah, as he should. I, I hope he gets out of there. LeBron is, you know, a great player, just he's getting older now he's he's slowing down but it you know credit to him though lebron has done so much and given so much of his body over the years um besides the last couple seasons he's he's remained relatively injury free i mean the guy is not a human being he's always healthy Um, with that being said there's not a lot of coaches even guys who are desperate for a job who are willing and eager to to want to jump into that type of situation. Um, when you look at the the Warriors and the Mavericks Celtics, the first thing that always you know uh, or the uh, Mavericks and the Warriors series, the first thing that comes to my mind when you see Jason Kidd is how did the Lakers fuck that up? You know what I mean? Right. Like they had their their uh, head coach and when they were when they were rumored to be making a coaching change even last season Jason Kidd was still employed by the franchise by the organization so instead of making the deal happen then promoting him then they instead keep doing the same stuff they were doing and Jason Kidd ends up walking ends up in Dallas now you hear you know, before you heard Doc Rivers wasn't going to be involved. He's staying with Philly. You know, uh, Maury was saying that Doc's coming back next year. We want we want Doc, blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden these other things come up where Doc is once again linked to L.A. Jawan Howard didn't want any part of that organization. Uh, Kenny Atkinson now, is his name has been flowing around there. So they're desperate for a coach anybody at this point
0: it really is and i mean as you said like a head coaching plea i wouldn't even call it a head coaching search because let's be honest whoever's the head coach is just like the figurehead head coach because with lebron on the team it doesn't really matter what the head coach says (laughs)
1: <laughs> in, in all fairness to Ty Lu, like, it took me a while to figure out that he's actually not a bad coach. True. But, a, but after he spent time with uh, LeBron in Cleveland and how disrespectful LeBron was toward him at times, especially, you, know, you know, just not listening to, to what he's saying, uh, you know, just, like, sh- shoulder checking him, moving, like, just treating him like complete garbage. And made the guy look like complete crap for a long time. Even to me, I go, this guy's a buffoon. He's not even standing up for himself, which underst- like you have to cater to LeBron. You have to walk a line, when, at least for a couple more years. When he starts slowing down and he's not as dominant, he's not going to have that big of a pull. May- right. Actually, he may because then he's going to start working his way in, maybe into an ownership situation because he has the money to do that. That's um, a point. So this is a guy you don't want to piss off. You know what I mean, but it took it took a while for Ty Lue to like to go to a Clippers team that didn't have Paul George for uh, uh, throughout you know most of the season, didn't have Kawhi, and the Clippers still were playing well with what they had, and it actually made Ty Lue look like a pretty decent coach, actually a good coach.
0: No, that's true. I mean, I mean Ty Lue's like you were just saying his job with the Clippers. I mean, especially with what the Clippers have looked like uh, in terms of injuries and everything like that makes him, do- it does actually help his case a lot. And like you said, there was times when it looked like Ty Lu was literally like the little brother to LeBron James when he was coaching him. It was just kind of like, no, go sit over there. Like, we don't care what you have to say. We're going to do what we do. You go over there somewhere.
1: <laughs> and it wasn't like a little brother who's like a year and a half younger, you know? Right. Mommy and daddy couldn't keep their hands off of each other for that couple years. And, you know, LeBron pops out. The next thing you know, mommy and daddy are back at it. And then Ty Lue pops out. It was more (laughs) like the situation, like, LeBron is, like, 13 and Ty Lue is, like, 5. Like, that type (laughs) of brother relationship to where he just follows him around and he says, "Go get, go get me a drink, and wh- while you're at it, make my bed and and vacuum my rug." You know what I mean? Just like, right? Uh, <laughs> and don't do anything stupid because I'm not gonna let you hang out with me and my buddies if you, you know, are, uh, bug me. That's kind of how it was. You know what I mean? And, and oh, yeah. Ty Ty Lou is probably like, I, "Mom, Le- LeBron won't let me hang out with him and his friends," and that's what it was like. <laughs> you know, he looked like a oh, complete. Excuse me, ownership.
0: Lebramo let me call an out of an after timeout play.
1: <laughs> yeah, I told him I wanted to call. Yeah, I told him I wanted to advance the ball to the you know to the half court line, and he wouldn't let me. You know, like that type of shit. that's what it looked like,
0: exactly. And but now, like, even when um Spolstra first took over when they were with Miami. It was kind of just like, all right, they're bringing in Spolstra, first time head coach again. And, you know, it, it's kind of just like a guy that they're going to put there because LeBron and Bosch and Wade are all there and everything. But then Spolstra has turned into a pretty good coach. But
1: after, like, go ahead. I was going to say, not only that, I'm just going to piggyback on you. Uh, Spolster, in my respect, when him and, uh, Butler were getting into it and Spolster was basically standing up to him right in the middle of the, uh, r- right when they had that like altercation, he was standing up to him. So yeah. immediately he was like, you could tell that's a guy who's been around for a while. He's like, I've dealt with this bullshit once. He's in mm-hmm. LA now. And now you're in my, I am not dealing with this anymore. Uh, exactly. You know?
0: And that's and that's the other thing too is you never saw Ty Lue do that when like LeBron and and everybody were on the team and but like the thing to me is after I think of Ty Lue and after I think of Spolstra, the rest of the coaches that like LeBron had were just kind of throwaway coaches that even if he got a championship or not was just kind of like eh. And actually, now that I think about it, the only times he won the championship were with either Ty Lu or Eric Spolstra.
1: So... Right, bar- like, barely with with Ty Lu, You know what right. I mean?
0: But even saying that, like, this should show how important that a good coach for them really is, because you have the greatest player of the league on the team. And... He still wasn't winning championships in t- unless he had those good coaches. Like, the rest of the coaches he had were all, they, they got him far because, you know, it's LeBron, it's whoever he has on the team. But you still need somebody who actually knows what the hell they're doing. And, f- and like, recycling these other veteran coaches weren't go- wasn't going to, like, help much because, like we said, Spolstra, first-time coach. Ty Lu, I'm pretty sure that was his first head coaching job, too.
1: So, go ahead. I wasn't sure you we were going to say something.
0: Oh, I'm. I'm just realizing that I kind of contradicted myself at the beginning because I talked about Darvin Ham being a first-time head coach candidate, but it just goes to show, like, oh, okay. why are they? Why are they even looking at Terry Stotts? Why are they looking at Doc Rivers? Like these guys. The the big thing for me, especially with coaches in the NBA, is it's just like. Hey, let's just you know give the same coach who has had fifty tries a fifty-first try, and maybe it'll work. And then it doesn't work, and everyone's like, "Oh no, why didn't it work?" Well, maybe because you have fifty other attempts that proves they're not gonna cut it, and you were you just were like, "Oh, let's give them one
1: more." Well, I, I mean, this is it's at a time though in the NBA where. I think coaching matters more than it ever has. And I think it's right. starting to, to be proven how, like, important it is to have a good coach. And just because somebody has experience, you know, you have all these guys sitting around experience, who have tons of experience. Both of the Van Gundys would probably give up the commentary to, to go coach another team. That's um true. I mean, D'Antoni probably wants one more shot somewhere. Um, Mark
0: Jackson's name is on everything.
1: <laughs> Terry Stotts, who's in the in the the late, I mean, he probably wants another shot somewhere. But if you look at you know all the coaches throughout history, and there were a couple of good coaches like Mike Brown comes to mind that played. Like LeBron wasn't like anybody who goes and is the coach for LeBron should automatically be. Preparing that if you don't appease LeBron, you're not going to hang around very long. Mike Brown, right. Dave, David Blatt, remember him? He
0: was like a season and a week.
1: Like barely. <laughs> barely did anything. <laughs> yeah. And like Spolster now, fortunately, is at the point where even if he ever did hook up with LeBron, like... Spolstra would now be just as valuable as LeBron would be because Spolstra can go find a job anywhere in the oh, world. Yeah. Like he's he's gone from being the the uh, the video guy to the one of the best coaches ever. You know what I mean? He's like a great coach. He's got his shit together. So, yeah. but these coaches who don't have a lot of clout have to be very careful. Because if they get with LeBron and you don't make LeBron happy, we've seen what happens. Yep. You know, and LeBron's I mean, LeBron's not a guy to take ownership of things either. He he'll he'll say he does to the public, but you know in those backdoor avenues and stuff that he's trashing somebody.
0: Oh yeah, and that's the thing. It's like David Blatt still hasn't come back to the NBA for any coaching positions. Mike Brown just got his first coaching position since then with Sacramento of all teams. Um, and I mean, trying to think of some of the other coaches he had. I mean, I I can't even think of some of those Cleveland coaches because they were such non-factors; it didn't even matter. But
1: he had um, he played for Luke Walton for a while. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. Paul Paul Silas. He was with. Um, oh, I forgot about Paul Silas. So he he was. I mean, he's played with some some bad coaches, but he's also I mean, Mike Brown is a good coach. There's, I mean, Mike Brown was as a, an assistant in Golden State, right. not because he had to be; it's because he wanted to be. Right. You know, Mike Brown was a a always a is always on the list when it came to head coaching opportunities. So no, he
0: was, and I mean, like you look at the coaches that are still that are still around in the playoffs right now, I mean, Steve Kerr has been a great coach. Um, Jason Kidd has proven to be a pretty damn good coach himself. Milwaukee was, I think Milwaukee still was a good situation for him. It was just they didn't get him all the right pieces to put around Giannis at the time. Like, with Budenholzer, I don't think of Budenholzer as, like, a great coach. He's a solid coach. But I don't think of him as, like, an elite coach. They just got all the right pieces to put around Giannis at the time. And then um, you have Ime Udoka, who's a first-time head coach. There's a lot of people that you have to test out. And right now, it just kind of feels like... Doc Rivers isn't the answer to any championship
1: hopes for any team right now. Yeah, but they... It also would help to have a guy like Doc Rivers um, when it comes to LeBron, um, because at least Doc has been around a lot of big mega stars. A lot of he knows how to handle that type of stuff. True. I mean, he's he coached that Celtics team. He he coached Chris Paul, he Blake Griffin, like all these guys when they were great. So he's no stranger. He's not going to get starstruck by walking in. And seeing LeBron, I think Doc is kind of a pushover at times, though. Oh, But yeah. I think he just does it because he. I don't think he's scared. I just think that's just his personality.
0: No, I agree. Um, like I, I think Doc is is fine in terms of like you know being the superstar kind of coach because he is a player's coach more so than anything. But when it comes to the actual playoffs and stuff like that. He's not the guy that's making all the adjustments to win games on the minor things. He just has to have a team that's so overpowered they're just not going to lose. Like, I will say, in the very first round, I I saw some of his best coaching against Toronto. But again, that was a series that probably shouldn't have been that close in the end. I mean, they were up 3-0, so it shouldn't have gotten to a point where it was 3-2 um and that's no disrespect towards the raptors it was just like that's when you're up like that you shouldn't even have to sweat
1: well um, honestly though if if toronto hadn't been dealing with fred van Vliet being hurt um and they had a couple more guys off the bench i think the 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 raptors are if if the 76ers think that they're going to go through another year of being the same exact way that they were. It's not going to work because the Raptors are going to get better. Yep. The Sixers aren't going to – it's likely Danny Green's not playing next year, so there's one of your defensive guys. Um, Tyrese Maxey I was reading. I don't know if you were reading any of it, but now all of a sudden he could be a guy who's potentially being dangled if a superstar comes back. Uh, T- uh, Matisse isn't guaranteed to come back. I hear no mention of Tobias Harris getting moved, even though he's a guy who should go. Uh, mm-hmm. You have James Harden locked up into a crappy contract. Or, well, not locked oh, yeah. up, but he has the leverage, like he has the option. Yeah. And then you know, so and a he's,
0: huge lack of depth, right?
1: right. So you're you're kind of like locked into him in the sense that you have nowhere else to to turn to. So. Right. But if Doc Rivers though Doc Rivers needs to take responsibility for the Ben for a lot of the Ben Simmons situation I won't blame it all on him. and Jimmy Butler in Miami now who's close to going to the NBA Finals again for you know uh, well the, the heats go they're going to the finals so like if they get through the Celtics so um, right. yeah.
0: And not just that, like, the whole East is starting to get better and better each year. Like, the Celtics weren't even supposed to be in the conference finals, and they're probably going to get better the moment they start adding a couple more pieces. And then the, I mean, I don't want to say the Knicks are getting better, because we thought they were, and then they took a huge step backwards, but they could always make a move and all of a sudden be better. Um, like you said toronto's getting better brooklyn will probably retool with the main two guys that they have and then ben simmons coming back and everything they're gonna be better than they were and then on top of that you have all those other teams who are still very solid teams and could get better at the same time so yeah the sixers can't just sit there and do nothing but going back to the lakers i think that doc rivers is a he's a good coach Um, a lot of his coaching stats and everything are from having very good teams and being able to get them into the playoffs and you know be competitive in the playoffs but the only time that like you know he really won anything was when his team was that stacked with like really like one of the start of the big three era and after that I there's just a lot of evidence in terms of not making adjustments, not doing certain things, not challenging, you know, game-changing plays and whatever it may be, that I'm just like he's okay. He's pretty good. He's a players coach kind of guy. The people will like playing for him. But in the X's and O's, I would take away of a lot of other coaches over him.
1: But like I said before, now we're at the uh point where Super teams aren't working. That's been proven. True. Uh, bench, bench depth, bench depth is a huge, huge thing. Um, yep. It's been proven, especially with all these teams, that you need to have a quality bench or at least a couple of guys who could step up, aka Grant Williams. Uh, depending upon the, how the Mavericks feel that week. But, you know, Maxi Kleber, even though he usually starts, but sometimes he doesn't. But, you know, Dwight Powell could play well on occasion. And Gary Payton in in, in Golden State. And Kaminga will make it, and, and, and Moody. And all these guys who are not great players, but they're, like, better than a lot of the other guys on a lot of the benches throughout the league. You need good coaching. You need quality bench depth, and that takes precedence over orchestrating a super team like like the the Brooklyn Nets tried to, and they were completely awful. The Miami Heat wasn't as dominant as they thought they would have been. So it just doesn't work. So it all starts with coaching. But if you think it's going to get solved by Doc Rivers, at this point you have nothing to lose, so you might as well take a risk on somebody.
0: I mean, that's true too. But yeah, I mean, to me, the whole thing's a shit show and it's gonna continue to be a shit show. And honestly, I hope the Lakers still suck because them and Boston can take a back seat for once.
1: <laughs> you know what else I don't even mind though Boston being being around.
0: I mean, at least they're entertaining in a very good team. And I like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like they're they're no-bullshit guys that are just going to go out and play some awesome basketball. So, I mean, I do like that about them. Um, But Tyler actually asked a question here that leads into our LeBron topic here. He asked, so is LeBron the reason why the Lakers suck? And that brings me into the fact that Kyrie, I think it was on a podcast. I just saw, I remember seeing in the clip, like, Shady McCoy was there and... I think Brandon Marshall was there, the old wide receiver. Um Boy, and... some talent
1: some talent in that room.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um and so Kyrie was talking about um being in Cleveland and he was saying how uh after playing with LeBron and everything, it there was something about like he realized he had to mature too which I was like wait so did he mature or not I was going to say <laughs> when did he mature <laughs> but he I mean that was that was part of what he's what he was talking about but then he also talked about um The fact of, you know, everyone talks about LeBron and says like, oh, he's lay GM because he's the guy that makes all the moves. And Kyrie says, yeah, I mean, I wasn't mad at him in Cleveland when he made when he got all those moves done to bring in Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and uh, Tristan Thompson and all those guys. And it pretty much just confirmed the fact that, yeah, LeBron has this pull that he can just say, hey, I want this player on my team. Go get him. And they pretty much have to go get.
1: it. I mean, are we still? We're talking about the same J.R. Smith who was past his prime, not like the Denver J.R. Smith or the yes Knicks <laughs> J.R. Smith. We're talking about the guy who got an offensive rebound and then put it back up and, and misread the, the
0: score and the time.
1: <laughs> like we're talking about that J.R. Smith. I just want right. to clear, clear. And we're talking about a Tristan Thompson who uh, had more things going on on the outside of the court than he did, you know what I mean? If, if you, Who if has you're...
0: cheated on more girls than points scored. Uh,
1: <laughs> I didn't say that, but, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what it is. <laughs> the, I mean, D. Wade coming to Cleveland and look exactly what happened. Oh, God. I mean, that I was a train wreck. That. We're talking about Lud GM, like he's supposed to, like, be – is LeBron the reason why the Lakers suck? No, but is he part of the reason? Absolutely. For one, there's not a lot of guys who are kicking down the door who want to get involved in that type of situation, especially right. since he's a prima donna. He's he's a wine baby. He you can't trust him. If I was a player, I wouldn't be able to trust him. Mm. Um. So he brings all these guys in. And he wants, you know, AD to, to come in. AD can't even play because he's hurt. Uh, Russ comes in. <laughs> you know, agrees as well. Exactly. Russ comes in. Russ wants. I'm surprised Russ hasn't. There hasn't been more to how Russ probably just wants to beat him up. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So.
0: And they. They, as in the Lakers and LeBron, neglect a thing, a certain thing that the Sixers also neglect. Your center is going to get hurt. It's just a foregone conclusion at this point. Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, they're going to get hurt. So, what's your backup plan? They both decided it's going to be Dwight
1: Howard and DeAndre Jordan. And I and I'll I'll one up you on that one, too. There are times when LeBron was playing center. Exactly. So yeah. And so that's that's
0: the big thing here. Like, you are putting all of this all of these championship hopes on two guys that notoriously can't stay healthy. So For some reason, they then get all these other pieces that don't work well outside of that because they need that one piece to make the other pieces look good. Like, they need Anthony Davis to be able to score all these points to make a guy like Horton Tucker actually have some openings on the court and look good.
1: And that worked out well for them too by keeping him. He had all this stuff going on, and Alex Caruso goes to Chicago. Even though Alex Caruso was hurt, the guy was playing really well, especially defensively. You have Anthony Davis, though. I have never in my entire life, ever, watched any sports, like any league in professional sports, to where I have seen a player get hurt more than Anthony Davis. I've seen guys like, Dislocate. I've I've seen you know Matthew Stafford like dislocated uh, Baker Mayfield dislocate his shoulder and goes back out there and plays. Anthony Davis trips over the the mop guy and he he tweaks his hamstring and he's out for four to six weeks. Like, is anybody? I... Does anybody have a problem with this? Like, does anybody ever say like, what's what good is he if he can't stay healthy? like nobody has a problem with that exact and on top of that I feel
0: like at the, at some point you also have to start looking at like the um the training staff like can you guys not help somebody like tape up their ankle and be able to let them play or is it only him like there has to be something happening on either his part, the training staff's part, something that they're just like, ah, yeah, I I mean, he can miss four weeks. That's fine.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it it definitely bothers me um, when you look at, like, the treatment of Russell Westbrook, right? That guy was hung out to dry all all year long. Nobody ever was ever talking about the fact that, you know, Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Nobody was talking about how – by the way, I was looking this up. Russell Russell Westbrook played 78 games this year. He missed four games, and and most of those games, I think not all of them, they held him out toward the end of the year. Um, His first three seasons in the league, he played 82 games. Four of the first five seasons, he played all 82 games. Uh, 80, 81, 80, 70 – the guy's healthy all the time. Right. His production, his, his shooting percentages are down. OK, but not by that much turnovers. Everybody's making a big deal about turnovers. Well, when he, 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 he's always been a turnover guy, but he's also been a triple-double guy. Nobody had a problem when he was having triple-doubles.
0: But also, this has been the least amount of turnovers he's averaged since 2013.
1: Correct. And that's that was my point exactly. When we discussed this, I think, like four months ago... And we were talking about how people were making a big deal about Russell Westbrook turnovers, and I was like, wait a second. That's not even the highest of his career. Nobody said shit about it until he showed up in L.A. So for him to be the scapegoat, instead of people pointing fingers at LeBron, instead of pointing fingers at Anthony Davis is the number one, two, and three reason why the Lakers have been a pile of trash. Um, He just can't stay healthy, followed by poor decisions. We're talking poor decisions when it comes to coaching. We're talking poor decisions about about getting players who are well beyond their prime. Avery Bradley, Carmelo Anthony, and then all the decisions that were made in the past. Let's let go of Alonzo Ball. Let's let go of D'Angelo Russell. Brandon Ingram, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Even though Kyle Kuzma wasn't anything special, but now that he's in Washington and he's the only guy who's you know can play. Or, or this year he was really, they didn't really have anybody, but all the he's better than like Trevor Ariza. right? He's better than the, the crap they get, you know, the crap they got there. So that bothered me. And LeBron came out vocally and was like, oh, Me and Russ get along great, but you know, there's you know, LeBron's in the going back channels, and we got to get rid of this guy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I, I pray to God he gets moved.
0: And it also bothered me with Russell Westbrook because, like, when he was at the when he was at the Wizards, he averaged less points than he did the season before in in Houston. He averaged less points than the season before that that he did in OKC, but people weren't really talking about it. He shot forty four percent, which is what he shot. With the Lakers. He shot 31.5% from three, which he only shot 30% from three with the Lakers. And my big thing is, I don't understand what everyone was expecting out of Westbrook when everyone was like, oh, he's bricking all these shots. Like he can't shoot from three, he can't shoot like the mid range and stuff like that. We knew this from the jump, from the start. We knew Westbrook is not a three point shooter. His career three-point percentage is 30.5.
1: I think I could shoot better from three than he can.
0: (laughs) Exactly. His best shooting season in terms of three-point percentage was
1: 34.3. And that was back
0: in 2016-17.
1: And then people, too. I I like when people are like, all Westbrook does is he hogs the ball. How do you get triple-doubles if you're not an assist guy? Like, it's absolutely crazy. And he's one of the best finishers in the league. Like, you know how, like, James Harden can't finish anything anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, Russell Westbrook can still finish. He can still make it to the basket and then actually finish what he started, you know, instead of, you know people used to
0: say the same thing about Harden about assists. They're like, "Oh, he gets triple doubles, but that's just because he dribbles dribbles and then passes at the end of the shot clock." But then, this year, we see his we see his passing on display in terms of really nice crisp bounce passes to to cutters going to the hoop, full court passes to Tyrese Maxey mid-stride catching it for a dunk and things like that. Both of these guys, especially Westbrook too, has a very good passing ability. But you can't get assists if the rest of your team fucking sucks,
1: and they fucking suck, folks. The Lakers, <laughs> exactly. Suck.
0: There's not many people on the Lakers that can hit a shot, so you're not going to get assists if the other people aren't hitting shots. It's not rocket science.
1: At this point, I would take I would take uh, Russell over Kyrie any day of the week. So, and, and for and for Kyrie to be saying that on his podcast or whatever the fuck it was. Oh yeah, you're you're not revealing anything. Everybody knew that this was going on for a long time. So sorry, pal, you're a little late. I know, I know, Nike's <laughs> dro- dropping you and stuff like that, but you're late. No, and everybody knew this already. So it's, you're not you're not revealing anything.
0: And I was about to say, everyone was going crazy over the whole like, oh, he admitted LeBron is the GM and blah blah blah. The big thing to me was that whole maturing thing, the whole fact that like. Oh with LeBron here I had to mature and do this and do that. I'm like I, I it didn't look like you matured at all since did did the maturing stop like right when LeBron got there and then never go past that or are you well, talking about maturing in unrelated to basketball because maybe you did there cuz you're not on the court but I don't know.
1: Well, what we're talking about now is you know Le- Kyrie is so mature that Nike's about to drop him, and he's so mature that now they're stuck that the Nets aren't going to offer him a max contract or a <laughs> long-term contract. That's how mature he is.
0: That's, I mean, that's that's the epitome of maturity. Right
1: when there. Ben Simmons now is in your off-season plans in terms of constructing a roster with Ben Simmons and you're Kyrie, they, 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 there's a problem there. And if you want to yes. say you're mature, you're absolutely not mature. Because I saw Andrew Wiggins go ahead and inject himself with the microchip Venom. uh, Even though he didn't want to, but he did. 5G. And you want to know something? Good thing he did that because look who's coming up big for the Warriors now in the playoffs.
0: And going to get himself some more money in the the process. I'll take Andrew Wiggins, actually. Andrew Wiggins would be great. I mean, any team would take Andrew Wiggins right now. Any team. And Tyler, in reference to when we were talking about Anthony Davis, said, look at Boston. Tatum and Smart both got hurt, then still played. Uh, Horford, I think, got hurt and played. There was a bunch of guys for Boston that did get a little banged up and still played. Um, I mean, I talked about Embiid getting hurt. That man played with a broken face. And And a
1: concussion and a torn thumb ligament. Exactly.
0: Yet, when it comes to Anthony Davis... It's just either he's healthy or he's out for months.
1: There's no in between. Oh, the, yeah, there's no, there's never, like, a, a a game time. Well, there's a game time decision, but there's never, like, it's either he's got to go through this long-ass rehab process. You know what I mean? So yeah. in, in a lot of the stuff that you see, like, you see some of his falls or anything, he looks like, He's like Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards hurts his knee. It's like he just tore his ACL, MCL, meniscus, uh, and all this shit, and then he's running back to the floor, you know, the next quarter. Yeah. You know, exactly. Marcus Smart, too. Like, yeah, I get it. He's played, but he's he's kind of street close too.
0: True. He does I mean, he's
1: already mistimed this this series because he already missed time during the postseason with an injury. Then he pops up with another injury. I mean, yes, he tries to play, blah blah blah, but he's kind of street close.
0: Yeah, no, that's true too.
1: Tatum um, had a Tatum had a stinger. I'm sorry. Now I'm just going no, off on good. a Tatum had a stinger, but he's he's okay. I mean, the the shoulder was bothering him a little bit, but he's fine. Kyrie Irving is playing through that nagging right knee inflammation, which I don't know how you miss time in the postseason with a knee ailment, but okay and uh, Bam Adebayo is proving that he cannot play and he should get traded next season because if he goes up against anybody who's bigger than he is, a.k.a. Joel Embiid, a.k.a. Robert Williams, he just flat-out sucks.
0: This is true. Speaking of big men who may or may not get traded, DeAndre Ayton. Does he deserve a max contract?
1: (sighs) I mean, he's a top. He's a top five center, maybe. I mean, I'd say he's definitely top 10. It depends on what's available. Like, you're not going to get a lot of players better than him in terms of, like, at center. But if you can spend the money elsewhere, like, I would. But I don't, like. Losing him wouldn't be huge for Phoenix, though. It's just, do you want to lose him like, and not get nothing for him? Or do you want to just go ahead and make the deal? And, but you're not going to lose a lot from losing him because he's not really that important to the Suns yeah. on any end of the floor. Like, he could score on occasion. He's not a consistent offensive guy. He's not a consistent defensive guy. He's just good enough, but... If you lost him and got nothing for him, that would be a shame, especially when you could have had Luka Doncic on your team or Trey Young. Exactly. You know what I mean? So he was a first overall pick. I think you got to keep him.
0: Right. And my thing is, as a max contract guy, I think, I mean, I know max contracts a lot of times also get handed out because of opportunity more so than actual skill and talent. Because. You know, like Tobias Harris probably shouldn't be a max contract player, but the fact that Jimmy Butler was walking and they needed to keep one guy that they traded all those picks for, he got his max contract. Um, I think you this could it be perfectly.
1: This... You said it perfectly. Sorry to interrupt you, but you said it perfectly. In any other way or any other type, like DeAndre Ayton's not a max guy, right. but if you let him walk. Like, you have to pay him because if you don't pay him, somebody else is going to pay him that.
0: Exactly. Like, he's not he's not a max contract guy in terms of talent level. He's a max contract guy in terms of opportunity and where he was drafted and where the Phoenix Suns are currently. Like, if the Phoenix Suns sucked and, you know, Devin Booker was hurt or something and he's going to come back and then they'll get better, I would be... I would completely understand if they just did like a sign and trade and got rid of Aiton. But the fact that they're right on that cusp and they don't know what's going on with Chris Paul just yet and everything like that, yeah, you probably got to keep the guy, especially like you said, he was a number one pick. So you got to keep somebody like that, and DeAndre Aiton is going to benefit from it. But it also sounds like Phoenix doesn't really want to give him that max contract. Um, and but I think like
1: with
0: the... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like you were saying... Um, you know, if you could spend that money elsewhere, I would, I would too. Like, yeah, he's a top 10 center, but if I could get a top 10 wing player instead, I would definitely go for that. Or even a top 10 point guard, because now that you don't know what's going on with Chris Paul, you don't know what he's going to look like next season in his, when he's 38 years old.
1: So, but I think, I still think that the Suns have to, you know, one more chance Right. So run it back with the same group you have, because they were very close. True. And if it doesn't work out, you know, sign eight, And if it doesn't work out, Chris Paul, at that point, is probably not in your best interest to bring him back. At that point, then, too, you can explore maybe moving eight. and Devin Booker, you got to build around. Jay Crowder is not getting any younger. JaVale McGee is not getting any younger. Uh, Bridges should be there for a long time. Cam Johnson, but... Keep keep what you have now, run it back, and then we'll take it from there.
0: Yep, completely agree. So, moving on from that, um, we don't have that much time here because, sorry everybody, but I do have to go in a little bit here. So, all NBA teams were announced. I didn't even I will see bring, it was. I will bring it up now, but I know that the first team was... I think it was uh Luca. Hold on, I'll just bring it up. Here we go. It was Giannis, Devin Booker, Luca, Jokic, Tatum.
1: Was the first team. And I'll share my screen. Now, can there be multiple centers on one? No. Okay, so that's that makes sense. So that's
0: a big thing. One thing that a lot of people have been talking about. Actually, Tatum even said himself, he thinks that the All-NBA team should be positionless. It should just be the top five players.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah,
0: but it still is guard-guard, forward-forward, center.
1: Yeah, but there's no such thing as positions anymore in the NBA.
0: Exactly. That I mean, that's the main argument, is that like Jokic probably played some power forward. Giannis played everything from like point guard to center. Tatum plays everything from like shooting guard to power forward. I mean, it, there really isn't any positions in the NBA. So, but in terms of the all NBA teams, there are. So that's why they got first. Um here's the second team. We got Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid and John Morant. And then third team, we got LeBron, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, Carl anthony Towns, Trey
1: Young. See, I would put uh, Morant over Devin Booker. I probably would have too. And I would put Kevin Durant above Devin Booker. I know Durant missed time, but I still, I mean, when, when Durant was playing, I mean, he was dominant.
0: Yep. I mean, um, I would put Steph Curry above Devin Booker.
1: Yeah, I think that was one of those sexy picks, you know? Yeah. Uh, Tatum, you could even interchange Tatum if you wanted to do because Tatum wasn't that. Isn't Tatum? he's not the Tatum you see now. He wasn't that in the – he was good at the beginning of the year, but it wasn't until the end of the season where things started to gel and he became – now he looks like at a different level.
0: Right, right. And like I said – if if it was positionless instead of this whole guard, guard, forward, forward, center thing, I think that that first team to me would probably be Giannis, Luka, Jokic, Embiid, probably Steph Curry for me. And that's only because Kevin Durant missed time. If Kevin Durant wasn't hurt for as long as he was, I would put him in there.
1: Yeah, you could uh Jokic Embiid, Luka, Giannis. Because like
0: Ste- Steph Stefan oh yeah, Morant too, because I mean Steph, Morant, KD are all three people that were also in the MVP race. I mean, people included Devin Booker in there as well, but
1: But they didn't do that till like the end of the season because the, the Suns exactly. were So let's 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 knock that shit off with Devin Booker. I mean first team only Okay, he's a good player, but come on. Like Exactly.
0: I don't think he second team would have been perfectly fine to me if that's what he got. Mm-hmm. And I mean even DeMar DeRozan had a great season. But I I wouldn't have put him first team, but I think the argument could be there to put him in over Devin Booker.
1: Yeah, but if if you were going to put a guard, if you got to put a guard in, then you got to either go with Joel or Steph. I think Jo or uh, Ja or Steph. I think Ja has this slight yeah. edge especially considered Curry got a little rocky on the shooting end toward the end of the season, so um, I would do Ja, and I would still put, like you said, put him over I would put Steph over Devin Booker.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And, I don't know. The whole All-NBA Actually, I would say most of the um, awards <laughs> are all stupid. just too political.
1: It is. It's it's like the 75 best players. Like, who fucking cares?
0: Exactly. And, like, I do, I will say I like the new thing that they're doing with the MVP award for now the conference finals and then the MVP award for the NBA finals because I always thought it was kind of dumb to have the finals of the regular season and then the finals of, or, I mean, the MVP of the regular season and then only the MVP of the finals because then, like, kind of like with Steph Curry. Steph Curry was the reason Golden State got to the finals most of the time. But right. then in the finals, one other player made a couple key plays, and they got finals MVP. And then we look at Steph, like, well, what did Steph do? And it's like, well, if you look at the rest of the playoffs, Steph destroyed other teams. So, I mean, there was always the, the, something to me that they needed an extra award in there.
1: Sorry, if go ahead. you if you win the Western Conference, you're a good team, great team. Yes. So.
0: Exactly. I mean, if you win either conference, especially now at the East, the East has gotten much better. If you win either conference, you're a very good team right. but that's gonna be it for us. There is some other stuff that we wanna that I wanted to get into, but I'm not gonna be able to tonight but so next week we'll we'll talk about this next week. Um, We're going to talk about Zach Levine and all the rumors with him and getting traded or signed somewhere else or whatever it may be. Apparently, people are blaming Clutch for passing rumors that they shouldn't be. Um, And then Daryl Morey said the Sixers are hunting for a third star. Well, he didn't say it. It's reported that he is hunting for a third star. Oh, you mean
1: Maxie's not the guy that they thought he was? (laughs) <laughs> and they're gonna have to get rid of them. It's and and the last time I checked, they only have one star on their team. Oh, I agree. So I agree. See, see you and... next week, folks. All that and more. Exactly.
0: It's gonna be depressing, Sixers fans. Don't worry, you will be depressed too. It's
1: fucking depressing.
0: <laughs> That's a good way. The,
1: That's the, a good the, way to the, put it. The fact we have two weeks left, like of the NBA season, is fucking depressing. The also, fact it's the, hot as fuck outside is depressing. The fact that it's not NFL season is fucking depressing.
0: And the country's current events are all <laughs> fucking that's depressing. fucking depressing. Everything's that's, fucking depressing. Exactly. So, you know what, boys and girls, sucks. Talk, talk to your therapist. Try to get away from everything depressing. Meditate. Do what you gotta do.
1: <laughs> you know what you do. You know it's helped me out all these years. Eating, just eat your feeling. That's exactly what I do. That's right, as you can do tell. That.
0: <laughs> but that is it for us. Thank you, everybody. Oh, Tyler said we need a football podcast.
1: Yeah, well, come here. maybe we'll do a Atlantic Files uh, beginning of the NBA or NFL season. Maybe, maybe. We could I mean we could we could see something. We'll, we'll... I got a lot to talk about. I'm doing sure. these I'm doing these mock fantasy drafts now, and some of these guys that are right I'm, I wanna hit so real quick, all right, folks. Mm-hmm. When you're drafting your teams this year, you need to wait on a quarterback and you need to wait on tight end. You need to get your running backs early because there ain't any. And there's about eight hundred fucking wide receivers available. That's Dennis's fantasy football drafting tips of the year.
0: <laughs> I like it. I need I need more uh dynasty tips though because don't ask me. Team,
1: you can see what fucking happened there.
0: Yeah, my dynasty team is on paper it looks good. Like I have I have fucking Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry.
1: You want Tyler Lockett?
0: No, I'm good. I have DK Metcalf.
1: Yeah, so you have a you know one two punch there. <laughs> yeah, there is literally no running back. So if you don't take a running back early, you're you're fucked. Because especially if you're in a twelve team league and you you have like the fifth overall pick, so the top five picks are going to be running back. So if you say you draft at eight. And you go wide receiver on the way back, you're fucked. You need to, there's going to be a lot of reaching for running backs, and there's a million wideouts. Tight end sucks. And there's 800 quarterbacks who could be really good.
0: And if you're one of those people that draft Patrick Mahomes in the first two rounds, you're an idiot.
1: Right. So. See you next week. See you next week. But
0: yes, that's it for us. Thank you everyone for watching. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe below, hit the bell for notifications, it'll let you know when we're going live because our schedule changes every week. We're also on Twitch. So check us out on Twitch, really? The Atlantic Files. Yes, we are. We're, we've been recording this this uh, episode on Twitch. We're on yeah,
1: Twitch right to, now. Go to Twitch,
0: apparently. Go to Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash The Atlantic Files. We're on there too. Make sure you follow on there. Get every notification you can. And then on the rest, we're everywhere you get your podcasts. Literally everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher Radio. Everything. So subscribe. Stitcher,
1: Stitcher Radio? What
0: the fuck is that? It's another podcast app.
1: I have no... Just whatever.
0: <laughs> just share it with a friend. And rate subscribe everything because it helps us reach new people and us get even bigger studios or houses
1: or microphones or whatever you know Tyler tell can you after nap time it's tell your friend tell your friends
0: yes tell everybody Tyler we appreciate it gonna <laughs> be a fifth grader next year oh my god <laughs>
1: Tyler's was like i hate you you're fat
0: <laughs> tyler's like i'm not telling anybody now yeah <laughs> but all right thank you everybody we'll catch you guys next week <laughs> tyler said <"Damn."> <laughs> <laughs> we
1: love you tyler he's awesome yes
0: you're the man tyler um thank you everybody, for watching the atlantic files the number one podcast and the number one division in the nba brought to you by the underdog sports podcast network we'll catch you guys next week peace